Yeah. Kiddos, kiddos, kiddos. <laughs> Those that aren't in school that want to head it back can do so. I feel it's funny how when you set a room up, um, that when you set a room up, it doesn't matter how far back you go with the front row. No one's ever, most of any time anyone's going to occupy it. So I think next week I'm just going to put all, everyone back here. And back here. <laughs> it really is funny, man. It's just the craziest thing. We're such crazy creatures. I love that. Huh? Kind of faulty. Move the chairs when everyone gets here. Yeah. Hey, that's a good idea. It's like a false front. Yeah. I got to gather myself here just for a second. Man. I'm going to get undone here again. I, let me share the image that I had when what just went down. Is that we have a good, good father. And so when Deb said that she's going to sing that song and she was asking for where Ems was, and she immediately, she didn't hesitate. Here I am. All right, remember what she said? I'm here. Oh. And so, man, I'm thinking, I'm going, our good, good father, a lot of times he's going, Bilbo, where are you? And I'm sitting in silence. And I can't help believe that time when Adam and Eve were in the garden. And it says that they were hiding. And God came through and He said, where are you? It wasn't this condemning, where are you? Where are you? Here I am. You're a good, good father. Here I am. Here I am. That's who we celebrate here tonight. Man, and I'm so glad to be in a room full of folks that get that. So let's take just a second. And make sure you know everyone where we're united through the same good, good Father. And let everybody know that here I am. And I am loved by you. So get, hug a neck real quick and we'll dive in.
right, here we go. Here we go, here we go. You fellowshipping. Luke's got us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for being a good father. Thank you for loving us so much. And uh, we ask that uh, you be with Mike as he, he is his teaching and um, that we have the ears to hear and, um, and that we understand and then we can take it outside these doors and uh, get outside these walls. Um, we love you and um, we thank you so much. In the name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Boy, especially on the walls, I'm very thankful I had in the past, I used to get kind of tickled at when a lot of the folks would say it would be church outside the walls, and uh, man, I'm going, why did we ever build the walls to begin with to have to say that, and so again, I'm just thankful for people, not only just in this room, but when we're out on, throughout the weekday of folks that get the fact that there are no walls, that the church is the ecclesia of people. And that you're being the hands and feet of Christ wherever you go. So think about where you've been today. Okay? I know it's Sunday, and just think about wherever you've been today. There you have had church. Because Christ is in you, and as soon as you walk into a place, you've turned it into a place of worship. That's pretty cool. So, past couple of weeks, a few weeks, we've been talking about I Have Come statements that Jesus makes. And I just want to share this just to kind of maybe set the tone for the rest of this time together. For the past couple of weeks, I've just felt led after Sundays, I'll usually get up and I'll go get on a machine of some sort and just get the endorphins going, just like a hamster on a wheel, man. So I'm just burning calories, making room for chocolate chip cookies and banana pudding, and it's, it's the way I purge. <laughs> and uh, so a lot of people are going he's really got to get some therapy and uh, that's okay I'm in therapy now and so after that I've been led to go up to the square afterwards and when you go up to the square on a Sunday morning a lot of times there's folks up there that are in different seasons of life some are homeless some are just hanging out but predominantly most are homeless. And for the past couple of weeks, I've been able to strike up conversation with this one lady, Patricia, 64, and uh, Calvin. And I love what Calvin told me today. Calvin, if you look at his face, is extremely hard, rough, mean for the first week. This past week, he softened just a little to the point where we're hanging around and Patricia, I have my Braves hat on. She goes, what's that A for? And I said, well, I tell you, it's not for Alabama. <laughs> uh, any Alabama fans? Sorry. <laughs> Hotty toddy. And so I said, it's not, it's not a, I said, it's not a, it's not a Braves hat, Sarah. <laughs> I know. I said, it's not, it, it, it's not that. And so, I said, so what's been going on? I've been just hanging out with them for a few minutes. I said, so what's been going on with you? He said, uh, well, let me tell you. He said, I'm blessed, but I don't believe it. you got to let that sink in. I'm still chewing on it. And I did immediately when he said that. I just started busting out laughing. I mean, I went, oh my gosh, Kevin, that's so good. Because I'm with you in that. 
there's so many times that I can jump in that boat and go, I know I'm blessed, but yet I wrestle the fact that I believe it. Right? And so he said something that I think a lot of us wrestle with, but yet the thing is, is what you're doing and what you're about is that you're helping remind folks when in our living life that we go, look, I don't have to fake it. That I know I am blessed, but right now I'm just not believing it. And for whatever reason that is, we can start helping each other layer the truth back onto it and help each other to make sure, to make sure that we're not feeding lies. And that's where we come to tonight is that a lot of times we feed lies into ourselves in believing who we are. And we devalue ourselves, especially a lot of times within the family setting. So think just for a second within your family what that looks like and sometimes the friction that comes within our family set, right? All right, so you ready to have some fun with this? Jesus is crazy. Did you know that? He's super crazy. And so a lot of times I think we've painted this picture of Jesus that, you know, Jesus was a man. He was a man's man. You wanted Him around. Because I think He was funny. I think He had some of the greatest sense of humor ever. And there was no backing down in Him. And He did it in such a way that when people left Him, they go, you know, He's right. They left different every time they were in His presence. He changed the culture of a town when He walked through it and the boys did He wasn't satisfied with status quo and, hey, that's just the way we've done it. You may have, but I have come to set you free. And that's the genesis, that's the essence of what Jesus is all about. So let's look over at Matthew. We've got two of them that are basically the same when you get to the meat of them. The first one is Matthew 10, and it's in verse 35. Now here again, gang, listen to my heart for you. My heart, ever since I've ever had the chance to sit in front of folks and open this book and open my mouth, it's been to empower the person that's listening to know that they can do the very same thing wherever they go. That you are equipped with the Holy Spirit of Christ and that He overcomes any and every fear that you will have because you will have them and it's the Him within that moves you through that. And the only way that I know that the hymn within me does move me through that is to start walking. Okay? So this is going to be a hymn within moment for someone. I want someone to read Matthew 10, verse 35 through 40. Who would like to read that out loud and proud? Way to go. Thank you. 35? Mm-hmm. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent you. Amen. amen. All right, one more. Someone find Luke chapter 12 and read 49 through 53. Luke 12, 49 through 53. Who has that? Way to go. 49 through 53. Uh huh. Mm hmm. 
I have come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and what constraint I am under it, under until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two, and two against three. They will be divided, father against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Hmm. That doesn't sound very peaceful, does it? Is it? And so is that the Jesus that you always hear of? So why would he say such things? Well, we're about to find out because it's good news right in the midst of it. Both of these settings, we're going to concentrate on Matthew 10, but both of the settings you see is that basically Jesus is saying, I've come and within your family group, it's just going to be turmoil. That there's, there's going to be friction within your families. You, so you've got to remember the setting that Jesus is talking in. But I do still believe that it applies for us today. And that He's talking to people that when they say that they believe in Jesus Christ in this day, they literally would lose everything if they had anything. And so can you imagine if you are whatever age you are and you go in and you tell folks, Hey, Jesus from Nazareth, uh, I believe He really is the Messiah. I really believe that. And so you would immediately, for the most part, be ostracized. You'd be outcast. You'd be done with. You'd be gone. Because that just wasn't the cool thing to do. And so if you remember just a couple of weeks ago in Matthew, it's in the same setting where Jesus is sending the guys out and He's basically just sending them out with one statement. Repent, kingdom of heaven is near. Remember that? And he said, and just beware uh, that when they do drag you into the synagogues and when they do drag you in, they're going to they're gonna beat the ever-living daylights out of you. And, and, and that's going to happen. And, uh, and, and so just beware that that's going to happen. And uh, have, a, have a great trip. I'm not, I don't know, gang, but I mean, let's get real rigorously honest. If someone came in and said, Bibbo, I want you to go out and just beware that you, I know that you're going to have this happen to you, that you're going to get beat up. Do you, are you first in line? And the rig, rigorous, raw honesty of it for me is that I'm, no, I'm probably not. But these guys said, yes. They said yes. And so Jesus is saying, look, in the midst of that, know that your families are going to not dig you. (laughs) Luke said in his, he's saying, look, he said, I want you to just give as freely as you have received. And then the similarities in them is when they said, don't be afraid of those who want to kill you. They can't touch your soul. The similarities in the letters start to, and I, and I love this because he starts to talk about how we, now this is the context before the Scripture that we read, is that, look, you're more valuable. He points out birds. Jesus points out sparrows. And He said, look, your value is way more than the sparrows. And He even broke it down for me. He said, aren't two sparrows worth whatever the coins are? And so it made me stop to think and go, why are they even trading sparrows? So there was a sacrificial system, right? And so they were bartering, they were using sparrows. And Jesus is saying, look, 
You're more valuable than the sparrows. And look how well fed and taken care of the sparrows are. What's the old song? His eyes on the sparrow. Remember that one? And so a lot of times we devalue ourselves. We get threatened with those around us. He also said, both of them said this in their letters. I don't know why there's so much attention drawn to this. He said, but the hairs on your head are numbered. Pop. What? Lord, were you a little tired on June 8th, 1964? And knew I was not going to need so many hairs on my noggin? And I love this. In both letters, he said, Everyone that acknowledges me on earth, I will acknowledge with my Father. Everyone that acknowledges me on earth, I will acknowledge with my Father. It's the same word that a lot of times people use to beat you up with in 1 John 1 9. Where it says, if you confess, He is faithful and just and cleanses us of all unrighteousness. And a lot of times that verse is used to beat you up to keep asking for something that you've been given once for all time. Confess means to acknowledge. It means to openly declare that I believe that Jesus Christ is who He says He is. Therefore, when I believe that, then I am who He says I am. And so Jesus is saying, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. That's why I've come. But when you believe that, know that your family is going to come against you. Not all, but some. And he goes on to say in both letters, he says, I didn't come to bring peace. Now one, one thing here, gang. I want, this is just a reminder. I don't, you don't have to go there, but do mark it down. It's in John 14. And it's in verse 27. Christ is known as what? The Prince of? Peace. Alright. So we know that He can't be confusing or misguided in Him saying, look, I didn't come to bring peace. Yet, this, look, what, look what John 14, 27 says. The reference to Him being Prince of Peace is in Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied saying that this man is coming that will bring peace. But it's only when we drink it in do we start to receive that peace of Christ. So if the world is out there and there's not peace within that, then the thing is, we're going, all right, do you have Jesus? Yes, we hear that a lot. All right, yes, I I do have Jesus, but I'm still rip-roaring inside. And so when we start to release that, the only way that we start to get peace of Christ in it is first is to release it and say, I am rip-roaring through this and I've got to walk through whatever Jesus is wanting me to walk through to get to the peace. I have come so you can go. Here's what He says in John 14, verse 27. He says, I am leaving you with a gift. It's peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. What's the gift that he's speaking of here, class? And this is where you get a chance to teach folks how to live with the Him within guiding us throughout the day. If someone were to come up and ask you, how do we do that throughout our day, what would your response be? just depends on what the moment is, right? But the basis of it is, is going, all right, how do I tangibly teach someone to walk their day being guided by the Holy Spirit of Christ?
take inventory of our day-to-day. How many decisions do you believe in release were made because you checked in with Jesus on the decision? It's not a beat-up session. It's just an awareness. If you're anything like me, I didn't check in with Him at all in the morning here. I usually wait for the biggies. You know, what's the big decisions that we wait on and then we start asking folks, hey, uh, guys, I really need you all to pray. Uh, uh, i got a big decision coming up. i got to figure out if I'm going to buy a white truck or a black truck. That's, just, that's some of my decisions. I mean, really. But there are some, right, that says, look, i got a decision of whether I'm going to pick up this cross and, and follow Him or if I'm going to listen to what she says. Or what my brother says. Or what Jesus said. I've I got to make a decision whether or not I'm going to pick that up and I'm going to follow Jesus or I'm going to cower down to what my child wants. I've got to make a big decision of whether or not I'm going to pick that up and I'm going to follow Him and not do what my parents want. Now it starts to get real. Doesn't it? Now we start to figure out why did Jesus say these words? Well, let's find out. In John 35, I want to read it again. It says, I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. It's just the craziest thing ever. But look what in verse 38. Skip down. It says, If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. Man, that's hard. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Anyone who receives you receives me, and anyone who receives me receives the Father who sent me. Quick time out right here, gang. Who in your life is not receiving you? And you just keep butting your head up against the wall, butting your head up against the wall, butting your head up against the wall. I'll jump through this hoop in order for you to like me. I'll do this if you'll like me. I'll say this if you'll like me more. I won't do this so that you'll like me more. And there's still no receiving. Pick your cross up and follow Him. question is now is why do I continue to want to jump through the hoop when it says let that piece of your life be crucified to the cross let that piece of your life die then find your life in Christ crazy hard because we are very knit and men mashed together within our family groups aren't we sometimes even within a family group like this we start to get sideways with one another right so let's keep plowing. Let's look. Huh? <laughs> all right, I want to give us some tangible examples, all right? Because now I, I can tell, boy, my, our, heads are, our heads are really spinning around in this, right? This is good. Here's some examples for you to kind of give yourself a break here for a second. Most people in the room know Jamie Isabel. We love Jamie. She's over in China. She's loving on babies that their uh, government and people are just handing over 
uh, literally to die. And Jamie and her bunch are bringing these babies in, and they're loving them. But in that decision, Jamie was getting a ton of pushback from her family. We don't want you to go, Mama. Her babies were saying, Mama, we don't want you to go. Game, Jamie and all the courage that she had, all the him within that she had, picked that up and said, Babies, I love you. I love him more. That doesn't mean I don't love you. That just looks like I've got to go. Now guess who has corralled back around and supports everything she's doing over there? Her kids. Her daughter just brought a big old box of stuff the other day that all the rest of you guys stuffed it full of stuff. It was great looking stuff. It had chocolate covered peanut M&M's in there. I'm surprised that made it to China. Quite honestly, if it came through my barn, I'm going to confiscate those things. Are you starting to kind of get some examples in yours? All right, here's some more. Right here, ML. Her mama's an AD pie. <laughs> it's going to seem maybe small for some that don't quite get the sorority fraternity thing. But put yourself in this place for a second because all their lives, all of his life, all they've ever heard us say, you do what God says. I, so if they come out of my mouth, I better, I better mean it. And so the point comes that she's going through recruitment. They're doing all that. Woo, they're doing all that stuff, you know. <laughs> they're doing all that stuff the girls do. And it comes time. And A.D. Pie, on, it's probably on the radar screen. But her heart, her God heart said, A.O. Pie. She picked that up. Said, Mama, I love you. But I'm going this way. Because God said, guess who's loved her through that? Her mama. Now, gang, everything ain't tied up with a ribbon and a bow. What about the ones where they say, the hell with you? What about those that you just keep doing whatever you can do and they just say, it ain't going to work. What part of you do you have to get up here? Now, gang, look. If we've ever said this about the cross, let me just kind of help us here just for a second. If you've attached something in particular in your life, someone will say, well, that's just my cross to bear. That's just, bless their heart, that's just my cross to bear. You ever had anyone do that to you? You know, and I don't know what the particular thing would be. Look, that represents death. <laughs> Jesus freaking picked His cross up and the weight of every crazy decision that we would ever make dropped Him to His knees. He stumbled. He can't carry it. A Roman soldier pulls a guy out and says, Help Him! Who's your helper? Who have you allowed in to help you carry your cross when you don't know how to carry it? We're not supposed to live that alone, gang. Who is helping you carry that thing through there and saying, look, we're going to put that piece of you on that cross and we're going to follow Him. 
And I don't know what that looks like today, but we're going to keep doing it until we get it figured out, until that piece of you gets slain. Because it's not a one-time deal. They had the craziest ways of resurrecting themselves, don't they? Let me remind us of something. The enemy's desire is to separate. It has always been to separate. It always will be to separate. And the way, in the most valuable way, toolbox, that, or the most valuable tool that Satan has in his toolbox is to get you to thinking and you devaluing yourself. If he can get you thinking less, you thinking less of yourself, he's got you. He's got us. And so when you put that piece of yourself on the cross and say, nope, I'm not going to let so-and-so determine my path anymore. I'm just going to let God determine my path. I'm going to go on the God set. Does that connect? And who are those in your life that can help you walk that out? Who are those in your life that can say, hey, I've done that before. I know what that looks like to put that piece of yourself on that cross and follow Jesus in it. Alright, we're going to start closing down here. So here's a question. We are going to close down here. What is that piece that you have to put on the cross? Before you pick up the shame, pick up the cross. Before you pick up the guilt, pick up the cross. Before you start pleasing folks because you want them to feel better about themselves and them feel better about you, pick up your cross. When the family says no, and you know that the answer from God is yes, pick up your cross and follow Him. Especially for these younger guys and older guys when boys and girls are wanting you to do something that you don't want to do when you're in close quarters with someone, pick up your cross. You put that piece of you on that cross and get out of that situation. When you're wanting relief from pain that no one could ever describe, somehow pick up your cross. If you can't even get to the cross, that's when you call someone to help you get to the cross so you can get to it Put that to death and then let's sleep and we'll do it again tomorrow if we have to. It's just like my favorite illustration of shampoo, which I don't use much. <coughs> is I pour it, I lather it up, put it on my noggin, and it says to rinse and repeat. You just keep repeating. Pick up the cross and follow Him. And in that game, you'll be doing exactly what the Scripture says. What did He say at the end? If I lose my life, if I lose that part of it, what, what is waiting on me? Find it. Find what? Life. Amen. Amen. Okay. I think that's it. Amen. I think that's it. So I want to do something different. I don't, I don't ever want us to get in the road of anything. What I'd love for us to do is, uh, number one, I, just, I would love for just a couple of people to pray over what we've talked about, what we've discussed. And then after we pray, I, what I want to do is just remind everyone of what the elements of the communion represent.
And so I typically get the chance to do that. If there's someone that would love to do that and speak that out, I would love for you to do it. And you don't have to do it out over the group. Okay? Um, what that would look like is that if you would love to serve it, man, come on, you do that. And I would love for someone to, do, uh, to participate in the supper that way. Supper, communion, it's the body of Christ. It's the blood of Christ. And so what does that mean for what we just talked about in dying to self, pick up the cross, and find my life? Alright, so who are the two folks that want to pray? Amen. There's one. Way to go, duck. One more. Preferably someone that's not ever prayed before. That just tickles me to death. Anyway. Alright, Doug, you start praying. Now, I'm praying for the Holy Spirit of someone to rise up after she says amen. And then we'll have the second prayer. Go ahead, Doug. Uh, Father, this, uh, I just come to you, Lord. Uh, 